Good morning, everyone. I'm just moving this around. I need space to move when I'm out here. I remember I guest preached in a church on the other. I don't know what I've done with this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long for me to break things. I guest preached in a church one time on the south side of Brisbane, and they said, oh, there's the pulpit up there, and it was one of those little wooden ones, and I was stuck in a little cage. I found that really difficult. <laughs> well, I was going to preach on um, Peter and Cornelius this morning, but then... During the week, um, I worked late at work one night and I came home quite late and um, decided that I'd listen to Pastor Dave's sermon from last week while I cooked a beef stroganoff. Hey. And he said to me during the week that he got a bit passionate and went a bit long, but I said, that's okay because the Lord obviously spoke to you because it was just long enough for me to cook a beef stroganoff. So... <laughs> And um, as I listened to him preach, I thought um, I changed my mind on what I was going to preach on. So this morning, I'm not preaching on Peter on Cornelius. And, um, and I, I thought that I'd carry on a little bit with at least some of the characters that Dave was talking about last week. So Dave um, was talking about Moses and he was talking about Aaron and so I thought I'd tell a bit more of a story uh, about Aaron. But just before I do, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you would speak into our hearts this morning, Lord. And Lord, right now I pray that you would just... Give us an open mind to the things that you might want to say to us today. And Lord, I pray that you'd give us a sense of vulnerability before you so that you can reach into the deepest parts of our lives and hearts and say the things that you want to say and really shape us and mould us to become the people that you always wanted us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, when I was a young child and I was at school, um, I used to hate it when they would choose teams for sports. You know, you know where the teachers, I don't know if they still do it, but the teachers would line all the students up and they would go, right, we need two captains for whatever sport we're playing. And they would choose two captains and they would come out the front and they'd say, right, now pick your teams and they would choose people for teams because I was not real sporty and I my goal my main aim was not to be the very last one picked because I, I I would always get like right near the end and you could see them when they'd picked all the good ones it was just a okay it doesn't really matter where I go from here they're all hopeless I'll have you Caney <laughs> and um but <laughs> I, they used to call me Caney at school. Um, I, I, but I used to play field hockey. 
And um, I remember the days of playing field hockey because I played for the Tudor Hotel in Tamworth and there were about 10 teams for the Tudor Hotel, all with the same uniform. And my dad would take me to the hockey fields on a Sunday morning and he'd go, now which field are you playing on? And there'd be people everywhere and I'd go, I don't know what field number they told me but I forgot. And so he would drive around for ages looking for it. But anyway, so I used to play field hockey and then one time at school um, we were actually playing hockey and the kids knew that I played field hockey, so they chose the two. T- the two, am I? Um, oh, that's right. Children upstairs. I thought my mic was going weird. Um, and they remembered that I played field hockey. So the first captain said, "I'm going to have Caney because he plays field hockey, and we're playing field hockey." And it was my greatest moment. Oh, I was chosen first. That's really exciting. Um, and things went back to normal after that. But. <laughs> I want to talk to you this morning and um, as Dave focused on Moses a bit last week, today I want to focus a bit on Aaron and, and talk a bit about him. And Aaron was a guy that was chosen by God. He, he, was, he was called by God to come alongside Moses and a lot of you who have um, read the Bible would know about Aaron. You may have heard about him in passing. He's one of those characters that always play, seems to play second fiddle. But you know that Moses, when he was at the burning bush and God said to him, I want you to go into Egypt and I want, um, I want you to speak to Pharaoh. And then many of you may know, Moses said, I'm not a public speaker. I can't do this. And God says, i got a great idea. Your brother Aaron, he's fantastic at public speaking. And actually, he's already on the way here so when he gets here you're going to get Aaron beside you and Aaron's going to do all the speaking so you may or may not know that when Pharaoh went into uh, when uh, Moses went into Pharaoh's court and all of those times when Moses was interacting Aaron was doing the speaking even the time when that famous story where they had the staffs and and the staff was thrown down before Pharaoh and turned into a snake. And then two of Pharaoh's magic men had their, threw their staffs down that turned into snakes, but the other staff ate them. That was Aaron's staff that was thrown down. Aaron was there the entire time. And Aaron was right alongside Moses the entire time. And I want to start by talking about a story that's found in Numbers where it's, they're a fair way down the track. The Israelites had been in the wilderness for quite a while and the people had started grumbling and they were basically saying, what gives Moses, what gives you and Aaron the authority to rule over us spiritually? What makes you special? And they were basically saying that we're all God's people And so what gives you any authority over us? And they were grumbling against Moses and Aaron. And so God basically, there's so many times that God gets upset and has had enough of these grumbling people. But this is one one instance where I, I guess they're all dramatic, but this was quite dramatic. And so God says... I'm going to do something to confirm to all of you 
that this is the way that I want things to be so that you stop grumbling against me all the time. Now I'm going to read out a few verses. I'm not going to read out them all. Um, It's found in number 17. It says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and get from them a rod from each father's house, all their leaders according to their father's houses. Twelve rods. Write each man's name on his rod. And you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. For there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. Then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony where I meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Thus I will rid myself of the complaints of the children of Israel which they made against you. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel and each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece. For each leader according to their father's houses, twelve rods. And the rod of Aaron was among the rods. And Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now I just want to leave it there for a moment. Um, so, so God has said to them that the 12 fathers' houses is basically the 12 tribes of Israel. So the rods were placed into a tent. And, and, um, and God was basically saying, right, the 12 rods are in the tent. We're going to come back in the morning and we're going to see what happens. Can you? I can just imagine, I like to place myself in, in these biblical stories as much as I am able to. Um, and I, I imagine if I was Aaron, okay, my rod has just been placed in the tent and then now you just wait. Walk back to your tent Try and have a good night's sleep. I imagine Aaron going back to his tent, probably thinking, okay, um, we'll see what happens in the morning. It's, it would, it's, it's a miraculous thing for something to blossom overnight. And, and, and I don't know what was going through Aaron's head, but I know that if it was me... And I was waiting on a miraculous sign like that to happen. And then I had to go away and I probably wouldn't sleep that night. I'd probably be thinking all night, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. And I'd also probably be thinking about all the things that make me a worthwhile person so that I am the one that's chosen. And all the things that I might have done wrong along the way and reasons why I might not be the one that's chosen. I um, I remember as a kid going on, I used to go all the time to Coffs Arbor on holidays. That's where all my family lived. And we went there and um, we had all come back from church one morning um, to my auntie's place, my grandparents and everyone were there and we're all in our church clothes and we decided to go out the back and we'd have a barbecue and my auntie and uncle had one of those pools that was an above ground pool, you know the ones? And um, 
My grandfather decided that it would be really funny to throw my mum in the pool in her church clothes. And so he picked my mum up and walked over to the pool and as he threw her, my mum grabbed onto his neck and my grandfather was a large man and he also ended up throwing himself in because he went in as well but the entire pool collapsed. Those pools hold a lot of water. And the next door neighbours had a veggie patch, so the whole water just... I remember my auntie had to go next door and knock on the door and say, remember your veggie patch? (laughs) 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 Well, I, I tell you that story because sometimes there are things that happen in our lives where we can be responsible for something that has an impact beyond us. Sometimes it's great, other times it's not so great. I want to take you back now in Aaron's life. We're going to go back a few years to a place still in the desert The story is found in Exodus chapter 32 and you would know this story because this story is where they're in the middle of the desert and God calls Moses up onto the mountain to give him the Ten Commandments. And so Moses goes up the mountain and he's gone for a long time. I know that I can get impatient sometimes waiting for people if they say, okay, we're going to meet you at 7 o'clock. Right, 7 o'clock, it's it's 10 past 7. Oh, I don't think that they're coming. I don't think they're going to come. It's 10 minutes late. They're not going to be here. Moses was gone for 40 days and 40 nights. So the people started grumbling and they're like, this guy ain't going to come back. They're actually saying, we don't know what has happened to Moses. He's gone. And so they started talking to Aaron. Why would they talk to Aaron? Well, I'll tell you why they talked to Aaron. Because Aaron was God's chosen priest. He was set aside as the first high priest of Israel. And, and he basically, when Moses wasn't there... Aaron was the guy. So that's why they chose Aaron. And they go up to Aaron and they say, Hey, Aaron, you know your brother Moses? He's been gone a long time. And we don't know if he's going to come back from there. It's been 40 days and 40 nights. We, we, we don't know what's happening. So we need something before us to affirm that, that God is here and something that we can worship. And Aaron says, okay. And says to them, bring all of your gold, all of your gold earrings, all of your gold chains, all of the gold that you have. Bring it, bring it here. And then when all the people of Israel brought him all the gold, he melted it all down. And the scriptures actually say that Aaron shaped and molded it into a calf. And then he set it up and the people 
began to worship. He built an altar in front of it and the people worshipped. Now, before you start thinking, oh, how can they suddenly be worshipping another god? They weren't necessarily thinking in their minds that they're worshipping another god. What they wanted was a physical representation of, of their god. And, and there were, there, they just came out of Egypt where there were so many structures to other gods. They had been heavily involved with the Canaanites, and the Canaanites worshipped bulls and calves. And so they thought, we need a physical representation. And so um, they made a physical representation. Well, Aaron did, and they worshipped it. And Moses is on the mountain, and God says to Moses, um, Something is going on that you really need to attend to. It's interesting the words that God uses because if you look at the scriptures, you can read it later in Exodus 32. God says to Moses, your people, (laughs) I love how God does that, your people are doing this. And Moses responded and says, wait a minute, like, that your people that were brought, you know, came out of, <laughs> who do they belong to? Well, <laughs> um, and Moses intercedes on behalf because God wants to destroy them. And Moses comes down and, and he has the Ten Commandments and he is so angry with what has happened that Moses th- breaks the Ten Commandments. And then Moses basically confronts Aaron and says, what are you doing? Now the result of that, well there was a massive result. The impact of the entire nation. The, 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 people, the people had basically gone before Aaron and, 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 said, and they'd followed and they'd worshipped this amazing God, their God who had led them out of Egypt, that had parted the Red Sea, that they had walked through and they'd seen so many miracles and they wanted it all reduced down so that they had something to worship. Look, I, I I brought these this morning. You can have them after. I'm not going to eat all this chocolate. I bought, I bought two, two bags, so I'll put them down the back if I remember for morning tea. If I don't remember, I will be larger next week. Um, I, 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 I brought these as um, to show you one of the um, things that I think are funny. I find a lot of things in life funny. I just laugh at a lot of things. I don't know why. It's the way I'm wired. I find things quite hilarious in life. And I find this hilarious, right? This is a Snickers bar. <laughs> um, oh, I had it upside down. Should I open it? I don't know. We well, can. Oh, yeah, why not? Dave's keen as a bean. Here we go. I've got to open it because it shows it. How big it is. I guess I'll have to eat this one now. Sorry, everyone. There's a Snickers bar. There you go. That big. This is also a Snickers bar. I'm going to open this one. There you go. Here's another Snickers bar. Check that out. So there's one Snickers bar and there's the other Snickers bar. 
Why do I find that funny? Well, I'll tell you why I find that funny. Because on the pack they say it's fun size. Now, I don't know about your definition of fun, but if you had something this big and somebody came along and went, can't quote now. That's fun. And it was your Snickers bar. You go, there's nothing fun about that. I just had a lot bigger Snickers bar and you ate most of it and then you gave it back to me and you told me that now it's fun. It's not fun. I want my Snickers bar back. Anyway, there's my complaint against fun-sized chocolates. (laughs) My, My point is I need a drink. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> That's the fastest I've ever eaten a Snickers bar. Um, no, thank you, eh? But my point is, that's exactly what happened here in this valley with the Israelites. They're like, we have this amazing God, this amazing God who has done so much for us, and we've been witness to all of the things that he's done, and then they go, vroom, we want something much smaller. Much more insignificant. Make a golden calf. That's amazing. That's not amazing. Sometimes we do that too, don't we? God is, God is amazing. And we do things in our life where we go, oh, we want something much more. Look at this. This is amazing. God goes, that's not amazing. What are you doing? You actually made it less significant, smaller. And the people thought, this is incredible. We've got this golden calf now. Golden calf, it's just there, it does nothing. And decided to worship it. And Aaron was right at the forefront. And so Moses approaches him and then God speaks to him. Moses has to intercede before God so that all the Israelites aren't killed. And then what happens is those that are faithful, which is the Levites, come and they're given a sword and they go throughout the camp and kill many, many people for what has happened. Then a plague happens and they have to... uh, um, Moses and Aaron come before God and many, many more people are killed. It's a significant mistake. If you had made a mistake where thousands of people were killed and you knew it was because you encouraged them to go the wrong way, that would be hard to get over. I don't think you'd ever get over it. It would be burnt into your mind, into your heart for the entire rest of your life. And you may not have done anything like that or anything close to that, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, because I've lived life long enough now to know this, that most people here, you sit here today, and you have experiences or maybe as one time in your life, maybe you tell people about it, maybe you don't, where you have regrets and you know you wish that that would have turned out differently because something that you did in your past 
caused hurt towards others around you and you know that you made the wrong decision. All of us have those moments. And a lot of us, it just sits there. And, it, and, and of course it's always part of who we are. But for, for some, we can't move beyond that. And, it, and those moments define us. Remember, and you might not say to other people, but in your mind you keep telling yourself, remember when you did this. And remember the looks on the people around you. Remember the loved ones, the family, the friends or other people around you. I remember their reactions. I remember their words. I remember their faces. We have moments... Many of us have moments like that. I have a moment like that. I'm going to tell you a quick, quick short story. I'm not going to go into detail. I, um, when I, I, I grew up in a Christian family and right from when I was a kid, started going to church and I remember a lot of people when I was a kid used to say, oh, Pete, you know, you're going to do, you're going to do great things. God's got great things for you. And, and I grew up knowing my Bible and always wanting to... Always wanted to do great things for God. That I actually got this newspaper article. Here we go. There's a newspaper article. There was a friend of mine down in Tamworth that became an Anglican priest. And they interviewed him. And he said, The 35-year-old born and bred Tamworthian is the son of John Morris and Jan Morris and said he was first introduced to the Lord by a good friend, Peter Kane, in his high school years. Peter spoke to me often about Jesus, and I didn't really become a Christian until my scripture teacher put all the pieces together. How about that? Yeah, get your telling other people about Jesus published in the newspaper. I thought, oh, that's <laughs> pretty good, eh? Um. After that, cut a long story short, I basically became a pastor. When I became a pastor, I was doing really well. Pastor of the church in Ipswich. Many of you, many of you know that I used to be a pastor. Pastor of the church over at North Lakes. Dave knew me around those times. Um, I was, um, I felt like I was doing new ways of getting God out into the community. So I often went to the Baptist Union, and I remember going to the Baptist Union on a conference day where I gave six lectures in a row to the pastors in Queensland about how to do church, about how to do... I, I was going well in my career, and people keep telling me that God's going to do great things with you. The reason I'm not a pastor anymore is because I made a stupid, stupid decision. It wasn't a mistake, it was a decision, and I ended up having an affair. And then everything that was built up came to a crumbling halt. All of a sudden I was, I'd gone from doing this to nobody wanted to know me at all. The only people that wanted to know me wanted to find me so that they could have a go at me. And, and I remember I just submitted to everything that the Baptist Union said to do and they said, you've got to see this counsellor. I said, okay, I'll see that counsellor. You've got to talk to this person. Okay, I'll talk to this person. Um, you're going to lose your reverend? Yeah, I know I'm going to lose my reverend. Um, and 
um, and because I used to speak around lots of churches, I didn't go along to a church for a long time because I didn't want to turn up because I, uh, I didn't know what to do. And I remember turning up to one church one day and somebody said, I know you. And I said, no, you don't. And they said, I'm sure I've seen you before. Haven't you spoken somewhere? I said, no, you must be thinking of somebody else. And I used to hide myself away and I hid myself away for years and years and years, and I didn't know how to connect with God again. I, I, I still had my faith. My faith continued, believe it or not. I praise God for that. But I didn't know how to reconnect with people. And then one day I was sitting over by myself in my house, and I thought, you know what, I should come and just drop into this church that Dave passes over here, and you were doing an evening service, and I wandered in through the back door, and Dave saw me. When I walked in the door, hey, been looking for me for years. Um, I'm a pretty good hider. I'm good at hide at seek. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I might sound like I'm taking it flippantly, but those years were the hardest years of my life. Um, really, really difficult. And still, they're still part of who I am. They've shaped my journey and where I am now and what I do now. But, um, and a lot of other things have happened since. But I still know God's grace through all of those things. And so when I remember, um, when I speak to God now, I used to for years go, okay, thank you, God, for your grace. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to do absolutely nothing because that's what I deserve. Like I got here, I made a bad decision. That's it. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. Have a faith, but I'm done. Sure, Aaron, after the golden calf incident, was like, how do you come back from thousands of people being slaughtered because of a mistake that you made? I'm done. And I know that there might be people sitting here today with the things that you've, I've told you something that happened in my life and I, I'm not asking anybody to share what's happened in their life but between you and God there's been things that have happened in your life there have been times when you have disappointed God and you've disappointed other people around you and you may have thought well God thought God chose me to do this and I thought God really wanted to use me the New Testament says that we're all believers and all believers are gifted for the service of, of building up God's church but the stuff that I've done or that incident right there I'm done and you might still live your life with that overshadowing everything that you do that you're absolutely finished from this moment Well, I want to come back to this story. So Aaron gets up in the morning and he walks back and they come to the tent and with all these moments as part of who he is and, and things that have happened in the past, 
It says this, Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, the rod of Aaron, the house of Levi, had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels, that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Thus did Moses, just as the Lord had commanded, so he did. That's an amazing story of redemption, isn't it? God said, uh, with all of this, God is not ignorant. God knows all the things that have happened. And the whole people grumble before God. And God says, I have still chosen Aaron to be the head of the tribe of Levite, which are the priests. He's the high priest. This guy is the high priest, and I've chosen him, and I've still chosen him. And it says that his staff did not only blossom, it produced almonds. I love how God does that. God makes sure that there is no uncertainty. God said, whatever staff blossoms, produce almonds. There is absolutely zero uncertainty about what is going on here. I have chosen this guy, Aaron. And I want to say, I guess I want to say to you today that regardless of all the things that have gone on in your life and all the decisions that you've made, and all the regrets that you might have or the brokenness that you sometimes feel or the relationships that may have broken, maybe they're still broken, the times when your life went in an entirely different direction and you are in a different place now because of decisions that you made, that I want to say to you with absolute certainty that God loves you And as part of his church and his kingdom, he has a place for you and he has gifted you and he has roles for you. And that's what I felt like God laid on my heart to say to you this morning. I I know that I... I'm here because people said that to me. Dave has said that to me many times. Otherwise, I'd still be sitting by myself in a dark house somewhere, hiding away from the world. Um, Dave Price has really helped me to be where I am, to even be standing here talking to you now, because I never thought I would. And there are things that are yet to happen in your life that God is going to do with you 
and ways that God is going to use you and conversations that you're going to have with people and things that you're going to do for the glory of God that haven't happened yet. And just as God confirmed that he'd chosen Aaron at that point, regardless of what had happened before, I want to say that regardless of the things that you might cling to and the reasons that you have, and you might have really good reasons. You can't believe what I did. I did this, I did that, I did that. I don't deserve to be any... I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not the person you are. If God has asked you to be the person, then God also confirms that he has chosen you. And he has chosen you to be part of the building of his kingdom. And he can use you. And he confirms that with zero uncertainty this morning. So I want, I guess I want to give you some time right now just to maybe even go to those places as difficult as it might be. I want to give you a few minutes to close your eyes and go to those places that you know aren't great places, never were great places, but they still sit with you. And sit in that place for a little while and get handed over to God and allow God's voice to speak into that place in your heart and your life experience and begin to show you his amazing grace that can never be underestimated. He gave all for you. He gave his son for you. And we should never let those moments seem greater than the incredible grace of God. I just want to give you a few moments. Dear Lord, we just want to completely open up all that we are before you this morning and stand before you just completely vulnerable that you might speak into our lives, Lord. Lord, that you might show us what you see, that we might let your love and your grace and your forgiveness just wash over us, Lord. And Lord, we cannot praise you enough for your 
your love which just does chase after us your patience which you just stand and sit beside us lord and you wait and you're patient with us lord and lord we thank you for that and lord i pray that here in this place this morning that we just confirm that we want to live a life for you and that we want to give all of these things that we've been through that we've known over to you lord that you might use us to your glory that people might see you shine through us and lord we pray for that as a church as well lord that we would be a church where we shine forth your love your grace and your forgiveness into the lives of the people around us that they might meet with you lord we pray in jesus name amen